Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hour number two of the Ben Jarofsky Show. Man, what an hour it was. Monroe Anderson in studio talking Trump, Trump, Trump. A TV Buchanan along with him talking, what should the Democrats do? Should they just roll over and be the little wimps they usually are and let the, Dem- the Republicans just stop them? Or should they stand up and, get, and force, compel Donald John Trump's aides to testify? That's the discussion we had. And then uh, Terry Cosgrove, good friend of the show, president of Personal PAC, came in and we took the deep dive on the upcoming elections uh, all the important races yeah, around the issue of reproductive rights. That matters to our listeners. I know it does. So you're going to want to hear Terry Cosgrove, president of Personal PAC. Go download our number two of the Ben Jarofsky Show. Your Ben Jarofsky Show is just moments away. But before we get into that, we need to thank the following unions for sponsoring this program. First up, it's the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and of course, today's Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. My lady love, I've been with you through all of my ups and downs. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Wednesday, December 4th, and live from the Chicago Sun-Times Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson and co-host of Seton and Buchanan, Atiba Buchanan, are back to talk all things Trump. And president slash CEO of Personal Pack Terry Cosgrove is back to talk all things big boy pants and local politics. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Eddie Gate Day 2. And here's why. Because it's Eddie Gate Day 2. That's why it's the second day of Eddie Gate. Eddie Gate, of course, refers to Eddie Johnson for listeners who in California. We get a lot of listeners in California, D. Oh, surf's up, dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, surf's up, man. That's correct. Uh, that's correct. Uh, so for our listeners in California or Thailand or Australia who do not know, uh, Eddie, Eddie Gate refers to Eddie Johnson, former police chief of the city of Chicago, uh, who was unceremoniously fired the other day. I think it was on Monday uh, for uh, making out with a woman who was not his wife in a bar downtown. All right, D? Okay, that's a capital fence here in Chicago. Uh, he was fired on Monday. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, as I said, called him into her office and said, beat it, Eddie. Oh, wait. That's what that radio station said to me about a year ago when they fired me, D. Yo, beat it. And don't let the door hit you on the way out. Oh, getting, I almost uh, forgot about that time you were fired. I'm uh, getting all my firings mixed up. I'll say this about when I got fired. At least I wasn't the front page news. Uh, Eddie Johnson, not so lucky uh, in contrast. And that brings me to one of my favorite portions of the Ben Jarofsky show. Uh, it is the uh, Battle of the Star headlines. Yes, Sun-Times versus Tribune. Which is the best headline, D? All right, I'll let you decide. I'll let you be the judge. All oh, right? I love this. I knew you do. Let's start with the Tribunal, uh, your favorite newspaper, which you read every single day. What a lie. Uh, and here's the Tribune's headline. 
Johnson admits to a lapse, but denies lying. That's the Tribune headline. Okay. And okay. Here, here's the headline in my beloved bright line. Okay. I got a feeling you really like this one more than the Tribune. Just <laughs> Eddie's this- night out. Eddie's night out. So which one do you for- favor, D? Eddie's night out or Johnson admits to a lapse, but denies lying? <laughs> I mean, three words, Eddie's night out. That's pretty good. So, come on, Tribune. Up your game, okay? You got to up your game. Sometimes it's just... Smacking you around in the headline game. All right. By the way, the back page headline of my beloved bright one. I know we're not allowed to talk sports. Zero patience. Great headline in the back page. Uh, D, on the Sun-Times, they have sports on the back page and news on the front page. You flip it over. So the question always is, which side of the Sun-Times do I read first in the morning? Wait. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, yeah, right. Back to Eddie Gate. No sports on this show. All right, anyway, uh, so uh, Eddie Johnson, uh, the details are coming in in Chicago. Shock, shock, I tell you, that Eddie Johnson was out drinking and cavorting with a woman who's not his wife at a restaurant. I never heard what it. What was that word? Cavorting. Oh. See ya. Yeah. Come on. Wow, that was a big one. I don't, you know, I don't like to say this or brag about this much, D, but I uh, graduated from Evanston Township High School. Okay. All right. Uh, and uh, had you ever heard of Series Cafe? That's where he was. Mm-mm. Man, I'm Thank like, God. I, I don't know anything, man. You can't take me anywhere. Like, you know, and so all the reporters like, oh, Ben, he was at Sirius Cafe. Oh, which reporter was that? Uh, all of them. And uh, so anyway, but there was a good line in the bright one about the, I don't know who wrote it. There were three people. There were three people uh, on the byline and they had contra- uh, one, two, three, four, five contributors. So eight people worked in this story, D, all right? So I don't know who to give credit for for this line. Uh, but it's a pretty funny line. Uh, rather than having a couple of drinks during a dinner with friends, as Johnson told the mayor, sources said, oh, sources, sources said that the now former superintendent spent three hours drinking at Ceres Cafe. And here's the good line. A restaurant known for pouring large drinks to patrons from the nearby Chicago Board of Trade. He was drinking with a woman whom he had promoted to his security detail shortly after becoming the city's top cop. Uh, the woman, uh, sources said Johnson and the woman who had been re- reassigned to another job are seen on restaurant video kissing oh. repeatedly. Okay. He was kissing a woman who was not his wife. Uh, the woman has been interviewed by the inspector general's office. Good God. They dragged the, the woman in to be interviewed by the inspector general D. Okay. They're, they're, uh-uh. Nothing. No details are being lost here. They're going to get to the bottom of this. All right. I mean, we were doling out how many millions of dollars of TIF funds to developers who don't need the projects, don't have to prove that they need the projects, are already in upscale neighborhoods making millions of dollars. Nobody wants to look into that, but we want to know the details. What were you drinking at that bar? When did you come to the bar? Did he put his hand on you? How did you get that job? Let's more know. We need to know more details about Eddie Gate. Everybody is outraged. Man was kissing a woman in a bar and she was not his wife. Okay? This is a big deal in the city of Chicago. Uh, no, wait. I know a lot of my uh, uh, listeners out there are going to say, Ben, it was not the kissing in the bar. It was the lying about the kissing in the bar. Get that, D? It's okay to kiss a woman in the bar who's not your wife, but better not lie about it when the investigators come investigating why you were kissing the woman in the bar. My question That's is correct. why. Okay, thank you, Bob Mueller. Anyway, by the way, um, uh, on a non-light moment, this is the 50th anniversary of Fred Hampton's murder. 
Uh, for my millennial uh, listeners, Fred Hampton was, I think, 21-year-old head of the Black Panther Party uh, in the late 1960s, and uh, he lived on the uh, near west side of Chicago, not far from where the studio is now. This neighborhood was a much different neighborhood back in 1969 when Fred Hampton lived. I think it was on Monroe Street. I want to say Monroe, but don't quote me, D. Uh, Monroe and roughly Western, not far from the Chicago Stadium where my beloved Chicago Bulls played. And uh, he was sleeping in bed, and he was shot in the head by an invading force of Chicago police officers under the command of the state's attorney. And I remember when it happened. I was a youngster. Uh, and uh, I think I was in my freshman year at Evanston High School. I remember the headlines. I remember the Chicago Tribune outraged, writing that uh, there was a gun battle, a ferocious gun battle, and that uh, Black Panthers were shooting at the police as the police bravely fought them off. And then, of course, it turned out that almost all the bullets, I think there was one bullet that went from the Black Panthers' side of the shooting toward the police, and there was like 100 bullets that went the other way. So it wasn't quite the way the Chicago Tribune uh, and other media outlets portrayed it in the day days thereafter. Uh, but, uh, you know, people were uh, outraged uh, by Eddie Johnson uh, sh- uh, drinking with a woman who was uh, not his wife, who kissing a woman who's not his wife. Not so much outrage uh, in many parts of Chicago when the, the police shot Fred Hampton uh, while he was sleeping. There was a great column, I should say, in my beloved reader, uh, from 1990, the reader went into the archives and, and brought it out by Michael Urban. Michael, if you're listening, congratulations to you. Michael, outstanding writer, freelance writer here in the city of Chicago, playwright as well. A uh, very funny guy. Anyway, in 1990, he did a story about William O'Neill. And William Neal's one of these uh, names and characters lost to history in the city of Chicago. He was a police informant uh, who was assigned to, quote unquote, uh, bodyguard or be a friend or an ally uh, to Fred Hampton. In the meantime, he was uh, sending back information uh, to the police on what Fred Hampton was up to, what he was doing, what his whereabouts are. This is a long history in the city of Chicago of spying on activists. Uh, Back, uh, McDumpkin and I wrote several articles about this in the early days of ROM. The police were spying on the activists who came out to protest uh, the closing of the mental health clinics. City of Chicago thought they could save a few dollars uh, by closing the mental health clinics. And when protested, uh, protesting erupted uh, at the site of one of the clinics, I think it was the one in Woodlawn, there were sit-ins and such uh, and have you, what have you uh, at that time. Uh, they sent in undercover police operatives to spy uh, on the uh, protesters. They said at the time they were concerned about what protesters may be up to. Maybe they were leading to anarchist acts of rebellion because uh, the G8 summit was coming in the city to the city of Chicago. So they spied on them. Uh, and so whatever money they were saved by closing that clinic was more, I'm sure, uh, spent on the, the police undercover operatives who spied on the protesters. By the way, I have to say a shout out uh, to the Fraternal Order of Police. Uh, you don't hear that on the Ben Jarowski show. But in 2009, uh, the Fraternal Order of Police was one of the few entities, I always like to point this out, in the city of Chicago that dared to speak out of protest. Uh, Mayor Daley, then Mayor Daley's really dumb idea to spend, uh, to dedicate hundreds of millions of dollars for an Olympics. All right. So it was about 2008, I want to say 2009, somewhere around there. I'm getting the time mixed up. And they protested. They had a protest outside of City Hall. And I'm pretty sure the police were spying on the police. So it's not just mental health activists who get spied on in this town. It's not just Fred Hampton Black Panthers who get spied on this town. If police dare to do anything remotely political against the powers that be, they get spied on in this town. But there's no money for mental health clinics. And yet, we're not outraged about that. We're outraged because Eddie Johnson was kissing a woman who was not his wife. (laughs) 
You know that song by Frank Sinatra, um, My Kind of Town? You know that song. It's one of your favorite songs. Oh, I love Sinatra. Uh, I saw a man dance with his wife in Chicago. Yeah, Chicago, it's such a straight town, man. You better not be kissing a woman in a bar who's not your wife. We're having an investigation. We're going to drag the woman in. We're going to interrogate her under oath. That's Chicago. We're going to get to the bottom of things. But it's okay to spy on mental health activists who dare to criticize the mayor for closing a mental health clinic. It's okay to spy on cops who dare to criticize the mayor because he they don't want him to spend hundreds of millions of dollars uh, on a frivolous little sporting event while there's no money for their contracts. So that's okay to do. No investigation needed there. Yeah. You know, when you when you FOIA for the information from the police department on who they were spying and why they were spying and what they def, what they found, what you get back is all this redacted information. Oh well, we can't tell you who the police were spying on, but I guarantee you this: when they're done with their report on Eddie Johnson, they're going to have all the details. You know what what he drank at that bar. Okay, you know, they had the huge drinks at the bar. And what did he say he drank as opposed to what did he drink? Drink, and we interviewed the bartender. There no stones will be left unturned in the all-important investigation of Eddie Johnson kissing a woman who's not his wife at a bar. Wait a minute, hold on. This in from the Tribune. This in Oh, it's not the kissing of the wife. It's the lying about it. I get it. Lying about kissing a woman who's not your uh, wife is far worse than spying on mental health activists who dare to criticize the mayor for closing a mental health clinic. We got a great show today, everybody. Yes, indeed. Monroe Anderson. Monroe Anderson. Uh, Monroe. Monroe. Uh, it's been two Monroe. weeks. Uh, and uh, speaking on outrages, Tribune is outraged. I love the Chicago. What would I do without the Chicago Tribune's editorial board? They are outraged. Outraged, I tell you, about the possibility that Eddie Johnson may have lied. Lied, I tell you, D, about kissing a woman who's not his wife at the bar here in the city of Chicago. But on the other hand, you got mountains of evidence that Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani were twisting arms in Ukraine just to have a press conference, to, to bribing, extorting the, the president of the Ukraine to have a press conference announcing, uh, we're doing an investigation into Joe Biden uh, kissing a woman who's not his wife. Oh, wait a minute. I'm getting my controversies mixed up. Joe Biden was not kissing a woman who was not his wife. Joe, Joe Biden's son may have had something to do with uh, corruption in Ukraine. So President Trump has lied about that consistently, but the Tribune's like, hmm, we don't know. On the one hand, they say this. On the other hand, they say that. But they're outraged. Outraged, I tell you, about Eddie Johnson. What would I do with, about the Tribune? Anyway, we'll get Monroe to talk about the latest goings-on with uh, Donald Trump. And a T.B. Buchanan, uh, the great T.B. Buchanan will be here as well. He knows more about Donald Trump than anyone alive, not named Monroe Anderson. Uh, did I tell you that a T.B. Buchanan has his own talk show on WVOND? I don't, I, I don't believe he did. Well, they just did. What's it called? Uh, the Atiba Buchanan Show. All right? <laughs> Come on. No, Atiba and David, because we can't forget David Seaton. Seaton and Buchanan. Uh, wow. How come David's name got to come I first? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, anyway, T will be in here talking Trump, Trump, Trump. I may throw a uh, Eddie Johnson Gate question in Monroe because, as you all know, Monroe was press secretary to Gene Sawyer. So I want to know if Monroe is shocked, shocked, I tell you, that the police chief was kissing a woman who's not his wife at a bar. All right, D? But more investigation needs to be done on that. Eddie's night out. Uh, and then TC will be here. Terry, do you got your big boy pants on? Indeed, I do. All I right. Do. <laughs> Come on, man. I always wear my big boy pants. Uh, Terry Cosgrove, the president of Personal Pack, will be here talking politics, state politics. We're doing a deep dive in state politics. What seats are vulnerable? What seats can the Democrats pick up? And uh, so a lot of political talk ahead of us. But before we do any of that, the young man from Alton. Oh, yeah. Back home. They call him the doctor with the news.
And there went that John Cassidy. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? I'm Dennis. Let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. Johnny Cass. We do have another Eddie Gate update, mm. and we're going to talk about it. But hey, this isn't the Eddie Johnson podcast, okay? Ben, you were talking about it for like 20 minutes. I love Eddie Johnson. So first, it's the question all of Illinois is asking, the one besides what's with all the gas station video slot machines, who's going to replace Democratic Senate Ooh. leader John Cullerton? A couple of weeks back, Senator Cullerton announced that he will be getting out of the game come January 2020. He's retiring. He says it's to spend more time with his family. And guys, get this. Ben actually believes him. <laughs> Come on, man. He wants to spend more time with his grandkids. Yeah, okay. All right? Just like Eddie Johnson wanted to spend more time with his family. Yeah. Danny Solis wanted to spend more time with his family. And Rahm Emanuel wanted to spend more. Get it? Right, okay? Yeah, Ben Jarofsky taking an Illinois politician for their word. That's awesome. They never lie. <laughs> but it looks as though at the moment we have ourselves two front runners to take Cullerton's gig. Oh. One is Democratic Assistant Majority Leader Senator Don Harmon. Mm. The other is Democratic Majority Leader Senator Kimberly, no, not Lightfoot, Light Ford. Kimberly Light Ford. You keep doing that, and you know me with my dyslexia. I am just going to be stumbling over that all day long. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> two more big endorsements for Light Ford. Senators <sighs> Jacqueline Collins and Melinda Bush are endorsing Ooh. Majority Leader Light Ford Good. to follow Cullerton as Senate President when he retires hires next month. Ben Jarofsky, your thoughts on the big endorsements? Does Light Ford have a shot? Will Don Harmon pick up steam? Are there any dark horse candidates you'd like to see in this race? And finally, dude, do you seriously believe that John Cullerton hasn't done anything shady <laughs> and isn't stepping down to avoid the heat? Okay, first of all, that is so cynical of you, that last point you made. No, he's retiring to spend more time with his family, all right? Get it straight. By the way, can I give a shout out to Frank? Uh, last night at the hideout. Uh, what up, Frank? Frank is the man. He had the question of the night. We had a great show at the hideout last night. We were talking about housing issues. And uh, the first, when we turned it over to the audience, I think Frank was the first person who had his hand up in the air. He always is. Uh, and uh, his question was a very good one. So the whole, the issue was rent control. Follow me on this, folks. Rent control. People are getting priced out of their houses all over the city of Chicago, out of their apartment uh, complexes. There was a woman there who talked a story about how their condo owners and some uh, developers are apparently buying up the condos uh, in the building so they boot everybody out and convert it to rental and who like a little sleazy Chicago stuff going on. Anyway, so there's all this story about the housing crisis. And uh, one of the uh, proposed remedies is some sort of uh, rent control, which would limit the amount of speculation, tended to limit the amount of speculation in gentrifying neighborhoods uh, that would enable people to stay in their apartments, afford their apartments. Uh, and uh, Lee Levenger was uh, extolling the virtues of that. Uh, and Frank immediately pointed out, and this gets back to your point, uh, that John Cullerton was the force in the Senate generally called upon by the real estate industry to block efforts to <laughs> pass rent control. Just as uh, the same John Cullerton, uh, Dennis's favorite state senator, uh, was... <laughs> I just oh, yeah. throw that out there every now and then. Uh, the same John Cullerton was the person called upon by Mayor Rahm to block efforts to implement uh, an, an elected school board, okay? So it, it seems like uh, John Cullerton served the role, if I may use a sports metaphor here, Dr. Make D. it quick, pal. Okay, not basketball. No, I'll go to basketball. He was Matumbo at the, at the hoop. Block 
fucking shots. I was going to go with a hockey reference to a goalie stopping the puck, but I'm going to go with Matumbo. Non-sports fans, hang tight. Okay. Uh, who was the other great uh, center for the Philadelphia 76? Nah, no one cares. Uh, no, come on. Uh, Sean Bradley. No, that was the Utah Jazz. Get it straight. No, Bowl. Yeah. Uh, Sean Bradley played for the Utah Jazz. No, he did not. Played um, for the 76ers. Uh, you are maybe who correct. cares Ben? <laughs> we're talking about politics. oh you're right it was Please. mark eaton who played for the jazz yes. i said corrected anyway john cullerton played the role of the shot blocker the goalie if you will how about that we'll use the goalie analogy uh keeping progressives from getting legislation they wanted so the real question i would like to answer the frank frank's question was will it change uh with johnny cullerton no longer the president do you think that uh, springfield will pass rent control and my hunch is that it all is in, it's it's all, all depends in this case on whether J.B. Pritzker wants it. I don't see a lot of movement on the part of mainstream Democrats for rent control. You know, they have a lot of ties to the real estate industry. Many of them, as you pointed out, they are themselves property tax lawyers like John Cullerton, John Cullerton and Michael Joseph Madigan. They have property tax businesses. So I don't see a lot of movement uh, on the part of mainstream Dems for rent control. So I don't see it happening anytime soon, but you never know what's just around the corner. Uh, so in general, I think it's going to come down to Lightfort versus Don Harmon. And I am rooting for Lightfort. Uh, I uh, uh, Lightfort, I should say, uh, because you uh, I just think in general, we, let's promote women. If it's if it if they're not going to pass progressive legislation anyway, at least have a woman in charge of the Senate. And I. I got uh, hopes for Kimberly Lightford uh, that she may be a champion of some progressive legislation. So there you go, D. That's what I think. So spending time with his family. Still going with that, huh? Oh, yeah. What about you? Oh, no. Uh, okay. Oh, no. I live in Illinois. Uh, I know how this works, all right? He's from downstate Alton, folks. Moving on. Chicago Mayor Lori. No, not Lightford. Lightfoot. Oh, God, you're doing this to me. Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> The mayor is out of the city today. She's at Brandley University in Peoria to deliver remarks at the Women in Leadership lunch. And I'm sure it only took about 20 minutes upon <laughs> Lori Lightfoot's arrival for her to convince these folks to whip this thing up into a luncheon. She loves luncheons, everybody. Uh, is it Sean Bradley University? Please stop. Oh, sorry. She'll then meet with Assistant Majority Leader... Uh, Manute Bowl! <laughs> Minute bowl. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Seven foot seven, a shot blocker, played for the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay, there we, we go. We lost everybody. No <laughs> one's listening anymore. Frank is still listening. Thanks, Frank. Uh, so uh, she loves luncheons. Yeah, we said that. She'll uh, then meet with Assistant Majority Leader <laughs> Jihan Gordon Booth, Representative oh. Ryan Spain, and Senator Dave Kohler to discuss shared issues and explore opportunities to bring growth to the region. Well, that sounds productive. Yeah, over lunch. Before leaving the city, the mayor held a fundraiser for her very own pack Tuesday night. It was dubbed a Women's Spotlight Luncheon. Mm. <laughs> See what I mean? Luncheon. She loves them. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and the one and only friend, the woe man Spielman. A who's who of 400 women in Chicago and Illinois government and politics turned out in force Tuesday for a fundraiser to benefit Light Pack, the political action committee created by the rookie mayor to benefit political candidates of her choosing. The so-called Women's Spotlight Luncheon included a featured speaker, Dayton Mayor Nan Whaley. Donors attending the luncheon filed a giant ballroom at the Palmer House Hilton. State's attorney, uh, State's attorney Kim Fox could be seen working the crowd. Also in attendance were Illinois First Lady M.K. Pritzker, Congresswoman Robin Kelly, and a host of state lawmakers, including State Senator Kimberly No, not Lightfoot, Lightford. Okay. Was Stacey Davis Gates there? 
Uh, no, believe uh, it or not, STG was not there. <laughs> no, believe it or not, she wasn't there. Uh, just asking. <laughs> I was thinking of powerful women in the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois, right to my mind, at least Stacey Davis Gates. <laughs> Was Susanna Mendoza there by any chance to save Susanna uh, didn't Mendoza? Say, did not did say. Not say. Okay. Reporters were asked uh, to leave before Lightfoot and Whaley spoke. Well, you're kidding. Followed by a they question. Ki- <laughs> what, they kicked out the reporters? Yeah. Reporters were asked to leave before Lightfoot and Whaley spoke, followed by a question and answer session moderated by Star Jones. Wait a minute. Were the reporters let back in for the question and answer session? I don't think so, because here's my favorite part of the Fran piece. Uh, So much for the mayor's campaign promise to bring in the light. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Fran Burn. Oh, my God. Did she put that light in there? Yeah. (laughs) That's a great line, Fran. Wow. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Come on, Lori. What'd you kick the reporters out for? Were you afraid they were going to eat the cheese at the luncheon or something? You know, reporters are always hungry. They always put the reporters at a luncheon. They put them in the back so they don't get to actually sit at a table. Uh, You don't get to sit at a table. And then the reporters are always hungry. You ever see reporters, man? They love free football. Oh, yeah, I hang out with you. Everybody loves free food, but reporters really love free oh, free food. You ever notice like every now and then the Sun Times has free food in the, the little lunchroom over oh, there? Oh, dude, you see me darting out of here. <laughs> Wait, free food? There were chips last night. Man, I had about six of those chips. Anyway, report. that's so mean. I'm going to speak up for the press corps. All right? Come on, Lori Lightfoot. Oh, I almost said it forward. It's your fault. Uh, come on. Don't kick the reporters out. That's bogus. Particularly if there's a Q&A. What, what could they have possibly been saying? At that luncheon, that reporter couldn't hear. Oh, this is off the record. We don't like Donald Trump. Whoa. Come on, Lori. I, I blame Eddie Gate. <laughs> they were just <laughs> they were discussing the in, ins and outs of Eddie Gate, the biggest, shocking, most horrific scandal to hit the city of Chicago ever. The Chicago Tribune wrote an editorial about it. They had like 20 questions that have that must be answered. All right, D must be answered. Oh, wait, I got an email. Hold on. Uh, yeah, John Cass canceled the interview. <laughs> oh, Thanks. No. Thanks, Ben. Johnny Cass, one of my favorite songs, uh, Boy Named Sue. The final amount of money made at this fundraiser was not immediately known. Oh, no, they're not going to tell that. <laughs> we have to wait for the disclaimer, the disclosure statements. Going into the fundraiser, the Light Pack already had recorded $120,000 in donations, including $25,000 apiece from the Illinois Hotel Motel Pack. Okay. Uh, Kicking in a little. In the Chicago Regional Council or Carpenters Pack. Carpenters, man. I love uh, rainy days and Mondays. Oh, oh, that's a different Carpenters. Oh, you're in a singing mood today. Uh, we got $11,500 from former Chicago Public Library Commissioner Mary Dempsey. Mary Dempsey. Good friend of Lori Lightfoot. Yes, Mary Dempsey. For 10 trivia points, what high school is she now the president of? Oh, Jesus. Whitney Young. No. <laughs> Whitney is, well, I should have said, I should have, you know, it's a po- private school. Uh, it used to be called Gordon Tech. I believe it's called DePaul High. Don't quote me on that. You're weird. Okay. <laughs> and $10,000 from the Chicago Federation of Labor. By the way, the CFL has an ownership stake in Sun-Times Media. And yes, they're sponsors of this show. And now right. the good friends of mine, when I got fired, who came to my AD? Bob Ryder in the Chicago Federation of Labor. I don't forget my friends, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the luncheon was hosted by the mayor's wife, who recognized, quote, emerging women leaders featured at the luncheon. All right, so... 
Anything else you'd like to add there before we move I on? I just, you know, I'm I'm going to let it go, okay? It's not the greatest scandal in the world, but I'm standing up for my brothers and sisters in the Chicago Press Corps who had to sit through the first part of, of that meeting, and then they don't get to hear the speech or the Q&A, and they probably didn't give them any food. So I think that's really bogus, Lori Lightfoot. You should not have kicked the reporters out. I'm with Fran 100% on that one. All right, let's end it out with our Eddie Gate update. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. And in case you weren't aware, Fran Spielman don't play. This is also from Fran Spielman. You do not mess around with Fran Spielman. Multiple, She's all over this story. Multiple Chicago police employees are under investigation for allegedly engaging in a widespread cover-up. Cover-up. You can kiss your wife. You just can't lie about it. Okay, that's the Cover-up to protect then-superintendent Eddie Johnson and conceal the circumstances surrounding that. October 17th drinking and driving incident that Mayor Lightfoot says Johnson lied about, prompting to fire him weeks before his retirement. Do you think, here's a question for you, okay, get okay. ready, okay. All right? don't talk and dodge, uh -huh. all right? But by the way, last night, at the, that kid that, that, that uh, came in from the city of Chicago, got to give him credit, a young man, uh, Daniel K. Hertz, first time ever, I'm going to I pointed this out last night in the state. First time ever doing uh, first Tuesdays at the hideout with my good friend Mick Dumkey and Almaya for how, how long? These since 2014. First time ever uh, that an official from the city of Chicago who was not an alderman or elected official, uh, any and from the mayor's office, I should say, first time ever came to a first Tuesday show as a guest. So let's give him credit, right? He showed up. Ben Jarofsky, you're making strides, my friend. <laughs> Keep it up. Yeah, man, Mayor Rahm's people, we are not going to <laughs> give him any credibility. Just pretend he does not exist. Meanwhile, they'd be in the back of the room tweeting out. Well, based on that story about her kicking out the reporters, her view on you is probably, well, who, that douchebag? Yeah, sure, <laughs> go on that show. Anyway, so he came, he came very nice young man, uh, talking about housing. But, but I'll tell you, one of the best duck and dodges I've ever seen in my life. Okay? Okay. All right. It came uh, uh, when the question, Frank, it was on Frank's question. Oh, first question, Frank? Yes, first question. By the way, we're going to bring Frank on the show. I cut a deal with him after. Oh, for real? Yeah. He said he would come on and he'd bring his laptop and he would like do, he would talk about politics because the guy's a political junkie. And uh, he would also <laughs> correct me whenever I'm wrong, which oh, cool. he does that a lot. Uh, anyway, but um, anyway. It's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. I'm going to cut that deal. Anyway, first question out was uh, whether John Cullerton stepping down as Senate president to spend more time with his uh, family, uh, whether <laughs> that would lead uh, to uh, rent control. And so uh, Leah Levin's your answer. I had my answer. I think Maya may have thrown an answer. And then we turned to uh, uh, Daniel from the mayor's office and he goes, I don't like to speculate on what Springfield does. And I was like, oh, that's that's good. That's really good. That was good. And on one hand, you know, it was a duck and a dodge, but did it with a little sense of humor, sort of putting down Springfield. I'm like, you know what, D? That kid's good. That's good. All right? Hey, officials. You know did not answer that question. <laughs> but you know what? There's an artful way of answering questions. Because anything he said would get him in trouble if he honestly answered it. You know, if he were to say something along the lines of, I'm just going to give an example of what he could have said. Okay. Uh, yeah, John Cullerton was a stooge for the real estate industry. And uh, maybe we will have somebody who won't be. Uh, he could have said something like that, which would have gotten him in real trouble. Because the Tribune would have had headline, Lori Lightfoot aide says Cullerton stooge. Details to follow. Then they would have an editorial. When did he say it? What did he say? Say? How did he say it? Was he drinking when he said it? Anyway, so you don't want to get in trouble, Dave, if you like speak the truth in this town. You know what I'm saying? 
All right. What was your question? You had a question for me, dude. <laughs> oh, what was my question? I don't what know. What was the point that you, you told raised? Me not to duck and dodge. Oh, don't duck and dodge the question. But what was the t- general topic? <laughs> Who am I working with today? <laughs> it was Eddie Gate. The update, Eddie Gate. I can't remember what uh, my okay. question well, was. This segment's over, I guess. Uh, <laughs> of course, we'll keep you posted on. Oh these my god, th- it was a great question too, and I knew you were going to duck and dodge it. And he doesn't smoke <laughs> weed, guys. <laughs> uh, back in 1980, I smoked a lot of it. All right, D. All right, so I guess the segment's over. I can't remember the question. Yeah, our Frank. Host. What was the question? Our host. You didn't say it. <laughs> You went on some crazy tangent. Oh, uh, yeah. The tangent was about ducking and dodging because oh. I thought you were going to duck and dodge the question, which I now can't remember. Oh, and by the way, uh, Ben keeps talking about uh, last night's first Tuesday oh. show. If you missed it, don't worry. You can check it out on the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show. Just search for it and uh, you can get the whole thing. Are we going to make that a podcast so people can uh, download it? I'm going to try. The thing is, is I got to re- actually record it. So I got to like have an hour and a half to spare. And sit down and record it, oh, you and know then what? I can post it. Yeah, it's really complicated. I want to give a shout. I have to give a shout out to my man Antonio. What a great job he does, uh, Antonio. You know I love you. He does a great job. Now he works at that station that you got fired from. Yeah, so but you know what? He's still. There's a lot of good people who work at that I station. I know. I know. Just don't get him in trouble. Oh yeah, I might get him in trouble. A lot of good people work at that station. Antonio's <laughs> one of them. Yeah. Oh God, now I got him in trouble. Uh, come in here. Yeah, uh, you are associating with Ben. You're out of here. By the way, we're Facebook live streaming today. Feel free to weigh in on the Facebook live stream what was chat. The question. Okay, we're done with the question. You lost it. What right? was the question? You lost it. All right. How so, about those Chicago Bulls? But that was not the question. But hey, feel free to weigh in on the Facebook live stream chat. I'm looking mm. right now to see if anybody has anything to say. Oh, Monroe, Monroe Anderson, Anderson has entered the building. Monroe Anderson has entered the building. So feel oh, free. Man, to- he's got that nice hat on that I'm jealous of. <laughs> feel free to weigh in on the Facebook video live stream yeah. chat. Check out First Tuesday on the Facebook page. We'll keep you posted on these local stories as today's program rolls right along. But don't go anywhere, because coming up after this short little break, our good friend Monroe Anderson is here, and he is ready to talk Trump. 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 That awesome hat. (laughs) And Trump. And Eddie Gate. He's not ducking and dodging. He's going to handle some Eddie Gate questions. Don't forget the question. (laughs) Don't go anywhere. The Ben Jarofsky (laughs) Show. We'll be right back. We're live from the Chicago Sun-Times. That's fun. The Ben Jarofsky Show is supported by Northwestern University's part-time master's program in literature and liberal studies. Students learn from dynamic and diverse faculty as they build advanced skills for critical analysis, writing, and research. Evening classes are held on Northwestern's Evanston and Chicago campuses. The spring quarter application deadline is January 15th. Learn more at sps.northwestern.edu slash masters. Thank you, Chicago, for this humbling victory. All I can say, you sure know how to make a guy feel at home. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Hey, that commercial break's over. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Monroe Anderson in the studio, middays, midweeks. What is this thing called with Monroe? 
midweek. Oh, Monroe midweek. Man, I got you, so many issues. Monroe, you could just say Monroe. Okay, Monroe Anderson is here. Hey. And you know, I got, uh, as you know, I've been battling dyslexia my whole life, Monroe. And uh, so now we have Kimberly Lightford, uh, who wants to be the president of the state senate. And we have Mayor Lightfoot and Dennis, who does not battle dyslexia, is constantly saying, Ben, it's Lightford, not to be confused with Lightfoot. And then I'm like, ha, it's in my head. Lightford, Lightfoot, Lightford, Lightfoot. Well, see, this is why I'm calling him Dr. D, because he's on it. (laughs) And and I like alliteration, which is why it's Monroe (laughs) midweek. Yes, Monroe midweek, or Monroe Monday. That's correct. Uh, But we're not on Mondays anymore. Uh, So much Trump news. Report describes action by Trump to undermine USD. you have an update before I go to Monroe, by the way? Uh, No, it's all you, dude. That's all right. Uh, So we'll get into all the Trump stuff. Atiba Buchanan will be joining us soon. Uh, He, of course, is another Trump expert. But Monroe, let's just take a moment to go back in time. Uh, when Monroe comes on, it's two old guys talking. We're of the same generation. and uh, I'm older. You're older, but not much. Uh, and um, 1969, 50 years ago, Fred Hampton was asleep in his apartment on Monroe, I want to say. Monroe! Yeah. Monroe! Uh, just It was named for Monroe. <laughs> Get the and... Bong out. and uh, Oh, so many thoughts. A good article in the Sun-Times by Kathy Cheney. There was an article in the Tribunal as well. Well, he was assassinated. Yes. Hampton was assassinated in, in his sleep. He was assassinated in his sleep, And yeah. what I recall mm-hmm. about the situation more than anything else is um, not long after that, I started at the Tribunals. Five years after. Poor you. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Be a black guy at the Tribune I, in I 1974. Did, I, yeah, right. right wow. exactly. I did 10 years. <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. So, as, 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 soon as, as soon as all my money was, was set up, I got out of there. Yeah, no, you could, the getting out was getting good. But, yeah. but uh, anyway, no, though, this mm-hmm. is what I, I remember. Mm-hmm. Is that they they had this columnist Bob Weidrich? Oh yeah, Weidrich, old like salty cop. Yeah, exactly. he loved cops. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <sighs> and so what he did after the shooting was he pointed out the bullet holes mm-hmm. that proved that the Panthers had shot at the police. That's proved in quotes. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which later turned out to be nail nail yeah. holes. In the wall, where yeah. they, with with the actual heads of the nails there, so it wasn't just holes. Yeah, no, the Tribune. But, but he had circled. Mm. I mean, that oh, oh God, no, the Tribune was like um, some serious cop loving. What was? Uh, we're here, so I was just going to ask you about it. 1974, you go to work at the Tribune. Yeah. How many black people are at the Tribune then? Uh, seven or eight. Okay, seven or eight in the entire establishment. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, y- you know, like did. All the black people sit together in the cafeteria. Or, I mean, what was what was the atmosphere well, like? There was no cafeteria. They didn't have a cafeteria at the tribunal. No, 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 Those no, no, cheapskates. No, no. You, know, you were you were on you were on you were on Michigan Ave. I, mean, oh, I guess go I mean, Yeah, right. Exactly. Right, exactly. Uh, but the the thing the um the thing was that they had at that time they had what they call the metro section, mm-hmm. which covered the city. Okay. Versus general assignment, which covered the city and everything else. Gotcha. Metro as in metropolitan? Y- yeah. Okay. okay. Mm, wow. Tribune. Very good. Clever. And I worked for the National Observer and 
Ebony Magazine. So I'd been in the business for four years, and I knew what they would do is they would bring the black reporters in, put them in the metro section. (laughs) That's their equivalent of the black section of the cafeteria. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Or they also had this um, this, um, thing where you people would have problems, and they'd ask reporters to investigate them. That was another lonely, you know. Wait, like, what? They would if reporter had a problem? No, 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 no. Okay, let's say your landlord. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. The, yeah, the yeah the consumer. Yeah, I yeah, know right. What you're they about. had that thing. Yeah. And so if they didn't put you in metro section, they put you on, on problem solving. When you said the you, did you mean a black reporter? Yes. Okay, gotcha. And, so they okay. had like uh, uh, cubicles of sort, cubby what, holes. What, there are no, no cubicles. At no, that I meant uh, like a metaphorical. They oh, had like yeah. a cubby I hole. Mean, cubicles yeah, came. Yeah. yeah. Right, uh, I'm just I talking started. about like where they stuck you. Like yeah, okay. right. Exactly. No, they had places where you they, they put you, and you could be there for years, <laughs> literally. I mean, years, two, three, four years. Yeah. Um, Part of my negotiation Mm -hmm. and going to work for them is that I would be a general assignment reporter. You actually asked them? You had the wherewithal? Oh, yeah, my condition. How did you know that? You're 22 years old. How did you know enough to negotiate? I was 25. Oh, 25. How did you know? Like, would you... What were you, like a lawyer-like kid when you were growing up? How would you know that? Did someone tell you that? I had been in the business for four years. The the whole... um, grouping of black journalists was so small yeah. that we knew each other. Oh, so they would tell you. So, so someone so older than you told you the not ropes. Not older, just somebody who was still stuck in Metro. <laughs> stuck in Metro. Exactly. Put no, the black guy in Metro. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so that was my condition is that I would, I would be general assignment. Wow. And so what? who were you negotiating with? Do you remember? Uh, Bill Jones. I never heard Bill he Jones. Was, he died of um, cancer. At a very young age. Uh, he was the, uh, what, the he Metro was the editor? City editor. Oh, he was city, the city editor. His name was really Bill Jones? Bill Jones. Wow. Yeah. And he had won a Pulitzer for doing an ambulance um, um, investigation okay. earlier. Congratulations. That's good. And he was, you know, he was, he was blonde, had a Marine tattoo on his arm. So he was old school. Yeah, but he was like 30. And so you like said that. to him, Bill Jones, I want to be out of, me- I want to be general assignment. And he, he, he agreed to that? Yeah. I said, look, I'm not coming in here. You know, I got four years. I worked for two national publications. I'm not coming in here to be stuck in the metro yeah. section. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why Monroe Anderson, uh, they, after his name, after a comma, wherever he worked, was the word troublemaker. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> this, Monroe Anderson, comma, troublemaker. This is true. Unfortunately. You've always yeah. been a troublemaker, <laughs> exactly, man. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so anyway. I was a troublemaker at Ebony. I was a troublemaker at the Tribune. I was a trouble. Yeah. Yeah. You always were. Hey, you were yeah. troublemaker, troublemaker on my on the, show. Yeah, right. Show. Exactly, right. <laughs> All the time. Right. So, uh, you may yeah. have had a bit part of the reason they fired me. Who knows? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, okay. But, okay. Since we're talking about the tribute. So, yes. what would happen is, although I, I was general assignment, mm-hmm. um, but I was given a whole bunch of ed- obits to write. Okay. You know, I like writing obits, people, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, except you didn't get a byline for that. Oh, you didn't? No. The tribute didn't get bylines for obits? No, they were little things. Oh, See, the they, little yeah, obits. They, yeah, they were little you. obits. Uh-huh. No, if, if it was a major obit, the real journalist. <laughs> real the, in quotes. Right, the white, <laughs> i.e. the white men got it. And yeah. so, but the good thing mm-hmm. is that on weekends, mm-hmm. 
Saturday and Sunday, yeah. which we all had to work yeah. because the real journalists didn't have to. They worked not on Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to man the, 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 the newsroom, and it was mainly minorities and that women. so deep. And women. And so we, we would uh, call that equal opportunity. Time. Wow. Because if a news story broke then, you got to cover it. Yeah. It made a major news story. And with me, um, I ended up covering Operation Push. And I, so I covered Operation Push for four, four years, I think it was. Every week, I'd go out to the, to the Push meetings. On Saturdays. On Saturdays. Mm-hmm. 10, in Hyde Park, in the Kenwood, morning. whatever. Yeah. 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 And so I got to a point where I knew Jesse's speeches. <laughs> better by, than by Jesse did, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Because he'd tell, he'd give the same speech every week, yeah. but he'd change a paragraph or two. So it would evolve into something else over time. But in the meantime, it's like a campaign speech where, I, some speech where I heard it. A million yeah, times. Exactly. Uh, and uh, by the way, I just have to say, going back to Fred Hampton, I said I alluded to this earlier. I'm going to put it on the Facebook page as soon as I figure out how to post something on Facebook. Uh, Mike Michael Irvin, for the reader, back in 1990, wrote a, uh, a, a column, an obituary of uh, William O'Neill, who was the informant, the police informant, yeah. uh, who was dispatched by the Chicago Police Department to spy on Fred Hampton. Right. And... Um, or maybe it was he was dispatched by the FBI, or it was probably a joint effort of both, whatever. Uh, and yeah, because Cointel was going on. Yes, Cointel was going on, and uh, that's Cointel is where the FBI was essentially spying uh, on the black civil rights groups, and uh, well, they were they were trying to, to and they, they, and convince the, uh, trying to talk Martin Luther King into killing himself. They yeah, taped yeah. his. Uh, his da- dalliances. His dalliances. Thank you. That was a good word. That's a good word. Tell you what, this guy went to Roosevelt High School in Gary, Indiana, folks. That's an ACT word. Uh, yes. They, and then they would send the tapes uh, to Martin Luther King with no. Oh, there was a letter that was like, "You're a fraud, King. Kill yourself." Yeah, right. This is your FBI, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, they also the Cointel program set the Black Panthers against Ron Karinga's us. In California, that, well, yeah, yeah, and so they would have occasional shootouts between them. Be, um, they would try to uh, pit one black group against another yes. ba- black group. Stir up tr- they would be spying on everybody, and then they would release selective portions. Right. Uh, that's by the way going back to Trump. Yeah, uh, and I've said this many times. I. I'm Trump, all for Trump. Who? Yeah, Trump. Who? Uh, President. Who? Uh, I'm all for you know all the investigations. The Republicans and one of their counter investigations. Uh, demands have said that there should be an investigation of the Justice Department, investigation of Donald Trump to see if the Justice Department was influenced by the Democrats, like there were secret operatives within the the Justice Department who were spying on Trump while he was a candidate, and they should be outed, and we should know all the truths, and we should see absolutely everything. Uh, I agree uh, wholeheartedly. Always have investigations of the investigators. Uh, We didn't get an investigation of the investigators who killed Fred Hampton, but, you know, maybe we should have one now uh but don't uh i would love to see if we're going to have an investigation of the investigations we should also get to see donald trump's email we saw hillary clinton's email we saw john podesta's we email we should see donald trump's taxes well there we go where's the tribune on that we wait, sh- wait, I, wait wait come on out tribune right we should see donald trump's um grades his um his his school records you mean his f's yes 
No, yes. it's, no, it's just, yeah, right. Exactly. Because, you know, as far besides being, being, being a birther on Obama, you know, mm-hmm. he wanted to see Obama's birth certificate. He wanted to see Obama's uh, grades. Absolutely. So what's you good know, for because, Obama yeah, is because good of, for... Of course, we know that Obama got there because of affirmative yes, action. Yes, absolutely. Not he was a smart well, that's, man. By the way, I can guarantee you, I was not at the tribunal uh, in 1974. Yeah. Every white reporter, when they were in the cafeteria, right. which is not existent cafeteria right. or wherever they went, was saying that black reporters were there for affirmative action. Oh, yeah. Guarantee it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay? Oh, yeah. Like, no black guy ever got anything on his own. Right. Like, well, it's because he's black. You know right. that, exactly. don't you? Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah. No. And they, but they had a quota so uh, for blacks. They had a, what was the? Not a, I don't know what it was, but there were eight, seven, eight, nine of us. And we wouldn't get a new one until one left. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not, oh, my God. Right, right. And that was in TV also. I mean, that was in the media across the board back then. TV is all the And those are the days when the Tribune was really, they could have hired anybody. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but and, Because it was overstaffed. I mean, I think, you know, it's about 200 editorial um, employees. Yeah. And so... Being general assignment, there was were days when I would come in there and sit around because there was nothing to do. Yeah. There was nothing to cover. Yeah. They threw me an old bit, but that was about it. Wow! And well, so I, I learned to be an enterprising reporter as a result because if I was going to get stories, I had to come up with them on my own. You had to enterprise them. Uh, things changed a little bit, of course. We're, uh, when when Harold Washington, a little bit, I uh, uh, underline a little bit. But uh, no, I, I I've been just really struck, Monroe. I've been going on and on about it. And all you day know, there. I was the first black reporter to cover City Hall, out, you know, outside of the Defender or something like. Yeah, from the Chicago from, Tribune. From, yeah, from, well, or the Sun Times. Sun Times Sun Times. Are you sure about no, that? Yes. Yeah, for Ray Hanania was there. Our good for we got to bring yeah. Ray Hanania back. Yeah, that right, was so much exactly. fun when you two were on together. Yeah. But I've been I just really struck by the outrage yeah. and uh, by you know that official Chicago was having over Eddie's night out, as the Sun Times calls it, Eddie yeah. Johnson. Yeah, uh, he was in a bar with a woman other than his wife, and they just want to know every answer to every possible question remotely uh, no. related to that. But as, when the cops a, shot as, Fred Hampton, right, man, right. you know. No, but see, but as a general rule. If you're uh, meeting a woman for a drink at a, at a, at a hotel bar or a bar down the street from a hotel or anything, that's a um, prelude. Monroe Anderson right. is exposing me to things I never knew about. By the way, did you ever oh, heard so you, of See, you're such a straight arrow. <laughs> I am uh, such a straight arrow. And, 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 and I do research. Yeah, you do research. <laughs> it's called Life is Lead. Lead. Um, I uh, I have a hard time. I have a hard time joining, getting really upset about the things that we're supposed to get really upset about Monroe because it's the things that we just take for granted and we walk on by that upset me the most. Uh, so I spend my time railing and ranting against things that nobody else seems to even pay attention to. Right. So Eddie's night out, which is the great headline that the yeah. Sun Times put on yeah. it, which I just think is a great headline. Yeah. Uh, compared to the Tribune's headline, Johnson admits to a lapse but denies lying. I mean, could it get any more boring than that, Monroe? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I just I don't believe. I don't. I mean, well, the Sun Times is a is a tabloid, so you get better headlines. You get you know, better for headlines. Exact, like, 
uh, headless body and topless bar. Yes, headless body. Yeah, but that was not the Sun Times. <laughs> no, but, that was the New York Daily News. Yes. Um, but anyway, I just I have a hard time being outraged by this. I know we're told that it was the lying that we're supposed. So it really reminds me of the Clinton impeachment. Yeah. It was what a real. Remember well, the Republicans yeah. told us it was not the sex; it was the lying. Right, but when Mayor Lightfoot was sworn in. I was on Double G, WGN TV. Mm-hmm. It's one of their authorities. On okay. mayors. Yeah, on, on mayors. Mm-hmm. And I said at that time that she should get rid of Eddie Johnson because you need your own person in there. Um, well, she took a little while she before took she a little took your while. advice. Exactly. She took a little while. Well, why do you think she took a little while? You've been in the game. You, why didn't she immediately fire Eddie Johnson? Um, I'm not sure. See, she had a relationship with him of sorts, I, you know, because she was in charge of the um, police, police board. board. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so they had. She knew him, and and when you know somebody in those jobs, it's not as easy. You well, can't just come in and fire them. Let me throw this out to you. I was thinking about this as I was walking uh, to the studio today. Beautiful day. I was walking. I was thinking about things. All fired up about the show, having you and a T bone, and. I was thinking about the role, uh, how do I put this, Monroe, that black people have served the mayors yeah. in the last five years or so under Mayor Rahm. Right. And Bar- uh, Barbara Bird Bennett. Right. She was, Rahm put her in charge of the schools right, right after the teacher strike of 2012. Right. And my opinion, and feel free to vigorously disagree with me, it was a very cynical move by Rahm to have a black woman in a position of power when he was going to be closing black schools yeah okay yeah. and so mayor rom looked the other way while barbara bird bennett pilfered 20 million dollars out of the chicago public schools like the a desperately broke all the time chicago public schools the board of education signed on to contracts uh that gave uh money to these consultants to do principal studies by the way we've not seen any questions answered about those like what rom knew and when he knew it but we have to know every detail about eddie johnson whether he's kissing a woman at a bar and she served that role and i think eddie johnson okay sex sells and so that's why right. it's there. Sex sells. I mean, the the, the, bright, right. the bright one, Channel Two, Channel Seven, Channel Five, they all need eyeballs or want eyeballs. And so you got to give somebody. Remember when Sawyer when Sawyer was mayor? Mm-hmm. There was a story about his um, giving somebody a, 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 a lot at a bargain. And okay. it was a scandal. The day I started, it broke. They were introducing me, and I was supposed to be answering questions about something Sawyer had done. And it was a Tribune leading the story. And the story was so complicated <laughs> and so dense that the, the, the TV stations yeah. couldn't do anything Forget with it because there was no visuals. Yeah. And so, you know, I had this, quote, investigative reporter calling me, bugging me all the time. I mean, because they were dragging it out. Yeah. And finally, I, I, I said to him, I forget what his name was, but I said, it's not a story. 
Because the elevator tribute was interesting. Yeah. It was too complicated. Well, it is a story, yeah. but it's not a story. Right, I get exactly. your point. No, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. And to, uh, to which he quoted me in the story. <laughs> by know? name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He didn't say sources. No, 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 no. He said Monroe had to, Did uh, you, the Tribune had a hard on for me you know, because I, I. You had been one of the ex- eight black guys exactly, in the back right, of the room. Exactly. In the cafeteria, exactly, metaphorically speaking. Exactly. Um, and I have been labeled a tra- troublemaker. Uh, no, but you're, you're you're right. Sex sells, right? And uh, part of the delight of the story, which and it's, this is, this is what I was harping on yesterday, and th- th- this is attitude that people have that they're not titillated uh, by sex stories. They're not titillated by sex scams. A TV Buchanan has entered the building, and he is wearing a hat, much like Monroe. <laughs> He bought a Monroe. I'm jealous, man. I want a hat like that. Uh, he, he got the memo. He got the memo. It's looking cool too. Uh, it's it's like we're not titillated by sex stories, but we are. So we pretend we're not. So we always have to. Uh, you always have to dress the story up as something other than it is right. while giving the people the details. Right. You know? So the real story, quote unquote, that we should be really de- looking into is did uh, Eddie Johnson lie? But w- while we're asking the question, did he lie? We're filling the paper with, well, he was at a bar and right. it was a woman. This it was is not what he woman. lied about. Right? <laughs> they dragged a woman in for investigation. She made her answer questions. Are you, Am I wrong to be outraged by that? Or do you think that's just the way it is? Like the woman was called before the inspector general to ask, why couldn't she just say none of your damn business? She probably could have, but she maybe didn't have a good lawyer. You got to get yourself a yeah. lawyer, man. April Poirot was on the show and said, no, no, no. Was lawyer she, up. Was she married also? She was a single woman. No, they, I, my, my, and it's, uh, my memory is a little fuzzy on this one. So my, I think she told the investigators that they were both in troubled marriages. This okay. is in the Sun Times. Yeah. I'm reading about the marriages. Right. It's like, come on, folks. Anyway, all right. Uh, T.B. Buchanan's in the studio. We're going to bring him on. Take a break. We'll bring him on. We'll do, I promise, we'll do the Trump deep dive with Monroe and Atiba when we return. Did you know that 40% of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true. And Chicagoland Cremation Options honors their wishes by providing cremation services directly to the general public. Chicagoland Cremation Options provides an affordable, ethical, and easy cremation arrangement, whether in person or online. Save thousands and streamline the process by going directly to Chicagoland Cremation Options. It's a family-owned business operated by my good friend, Douglas Klein. Here's how you reach them. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. One more time. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. Hey, everybody, what you're about to hear are the piano stylings of Jeff Manuel. Man, listen to Jeff go. Jeff Manuel has been playing piano around Chicago for years. He's played for conventions, for celebrities, played in basement bars with blues bands. He's played at prestigious social clubs, fine restaurants, and in the intimacy of private homes. Book Jeff Manuel at jeffemanuelpianist.com. Don't worry, I'll spell his name at the end of this commercial. You know what Chicago Magazine said? They said that Jeff Manuel is, quote, as comfortable with Chopin as he is with Cole Porter. He's excellent, and his performance is joyous. He offers an elegant stream of compositions and interpretations that entertains the mind but won't hurt the ears. To hear more of Jeff Manuel's work and to book Jeff for your next event, go to jeffmanuelpianist.com. I'm going to spell it out for you, people. J E. 
F, F, M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, U, E, L, P, I, A, N, I, S, T dot com. Take it away, Jeff Manuel. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.